Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Wow, different morning. It feels like we've had a million things in half an hour, which is good and a, and a little bit different. One more announcement just before I jump in. In next Saturday... The church from around the city and around the nation are gathering to pray. Angus Buckham has called churches together, and we actually celebrate that. He's an amazing man. I've met him. I know him from KZN days. And um, I think it's an amazing thing as churches from every background, every story who worship Jesus are gathering, not just for rain. It's, it's far more than rain. Praying for salvation, for breakthrough, for God to do amazing things in our city. And actually, when we get off our own agendas, we travel across cities and nations to be together. I think there's a real blessing and a real favor in that place. So can I ask us just to remind that, maybe prioritize it, maybe try to be there as we gather as a church together. If you want details, it's all over the internet, and you can get more details. And we'll post them on social media again this week. I love baptism. If you are visiting us today and you are part of family of some people who who get, I I love baptism, I love everything it stands for, I love what Jesus does and he calls us to this moment to be immersed in him completely. First time we did baptism here, we put a pool in the middle of the hall um, and I got in with a cell phone and my watch and my wallet and everything because actually it's an all-in thing. It's not about Jesus without, but Jesus not my time. Jesus not my energy, Jesus not my status, Jesus, no, it's, it's Jesus is Lord and Savior of all. And as we navigate the series, we are doing a series called Move the Mountains. And it's this, 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 this challenge that comes in Matthew 17, verse 20. It's this encounter where Jesus rebukes and challenges his disciples. He says, actually, if you just have a little faith, faith like a mustard seed, actually you could say to this mountain, move, and the mountain would move. It's a real challenge. Because I don't think he was just rebuking them. If I'm just going to get this off my chest, he's calling them to a story. He's calling them to faith stories. And as we navigate this year, God is calling us to faith stories. Real, amazing faith stories. And um, just uh, can I share a little testimony? Testimonies are good. We, um, we, we have many mountains. And, and they are financial, they are emotional, they are all sorts of mountains that we're trusting God to move. In this room, if we asked, what are the mountains you're trusting God to move, it would be varied and vast. But actually, one of the, about three weeks ago, we were coming to church on, on a Sunday night, and my little boy, Ben, has got quite a few sensory challenges. It's a new thing. When I was at school, we didn't know what that was. But now we know what it is. And, and we've got team and people helping him, and he's been going to OT, OT for two years. But actually, he loves deep pressure and noise and a whole bunch of stuff. That's his mix. And so on the way to church one Sunday night, three weeks ago, Ben was sitting in the front seat with me, Judah and Daniel in the back. And we said, hey, Ben, you want to play drums? Eh? Because this had come up and it would be good for him to express himself. He loves music. You want to play drums, eh, boy? Yeah, I want to play drums, Dad. Okay, boy, let's pray. I said, come, brothers, let's pray. We're going to pray for God to provide for a drum set for Ben. And it seems like, yeah, you're a dad. You're supposed to I, I know that. And actually, we try. But actually, some of those things are on top of the list of priorities. And yet, my father knows what my kids need more than I know. My father has the ability to provide for my kids way more than I know. And we don't share a lot of these stories and sometimes, uh, but actually we should share them because this is who God is. This is about who he is. So we're on the way to church. I say, Ben, you pray. And Ben prays. And he says, God, I'd love to play drums. Can you somehow make a way to play drums? And then we go to church. And in the church service, so my three boys are there and I'm trying to teach them about God. This story is less about drums. It's less about sensory issues. It's more about my kids learning who their father is. Not me. 
their father. And in the middle of the message, this amazing lady in the front here, Iona, her brother and his wife have been part of this church for a number of years are moving to Ireland. And I get this message, hey Mark, I'm just wondering, I'm moving to Ireland for three years probably, and I don't really want to give my, I don't want to sell my electric drum set. Do you know anyone who could maybe use an electric drum set? Now let me tell you, that's in the church service 45 minutes after my boy has prayed with his brothers for God to provide. And, and I'll tell you that story not, and now we have an electric drum. Let me tell you the miracle of that. It's electric. Head, kudunk, kudunk, it's all you hear. It's not drums for days in the neighborhood. My neighbors are very appreciative. But, but God's calling us to tell faith stories. Not, well, that makes sense. God worked really hard. God provided dad a salary. Yeah, that, that is a faith story as well. But there's got to be those moments and those stories where God pulls us in stories that actually it's only God. And it's only God who does. And I want to tell you, Ben, every time you sit at this drum set and as you learn to worship him with sticks in your hands, remember that there is a father who, although fathers on this earth can give good gifts, there's a father in heaven who cries, how much more for my boys? And your future and your plans and the promises over your life have nothing to do with my ability. I will give you my best in everything, but actually it all rests in who he is. And as I navigated this morning, because we wrote down and we said tonight we have a man named Andrew Butterworth, and we hardly ever invite the church to two services, but he's a medical doctor who's a man of science. He's also a man of faith who preaches the gospel. And he's coming with us. He's written a book, which we think is helpful, to navigate this journey around healing and faith. Because we brought Robin and Ed Burton a couple of weeks ago, and there's been much talk since they were here, and in the weeks of, of moving the mountains. One of the big issues and the realities of our world is that health is an issue. Health is a given. And there's reasons for that. And I'd like to navigate some of those reasons up front, why health is an issue. But actually, we've got to navigate, well, what do we believe? We are believers, church. That's what the Bible calls us. It says we're believers, so what you believe is really important. And maybe you say, well, I haven't done five years of studies on healing. I haven't done what everyone else has done. So what I'll do is just kick out. No, I'm telling you, you have a belief system about healing. If you've read the Bible at all, Jesus, wherever he goes, heals. There's a belief system that comes upon us, whether it is your previous church experience, maybe it is a disappointment of losing a family member to cancer or some kind of sickness. Every person believes something about healing. And who God is in relation to healing. Everyone. And for many, there are these struggles that we have to navigate. And it's challenges. And there's the disappointments of the past. And that time I trusted God. And I was really full of faith. And I laid hands time and time again. And they didn't get healed. Yes. It's a disappointment. And that time the other person who got saved the week before. They've never even read the Bible. They laid hands on the sick and the sick got well. How does that work? see, for many, this isn't an issue until it's someone you love. For many, it's a thing that, well, the church has got to know about because Jesus speaks a lot about healing. But healing becomes a very real thing where people you really do love become sick. Then your theology, and not a theology that is a working church model of how you do, no, theology, who is God in relation to sickness, death, healing, suffering? And I want to equip us as a church because part of the series is calling us to move mountains. And not just the mountains we choose. Not just that God provided a drum set for my kid. I like that mountain. We're going to go after that mountain. Or the mountain of salvation. Obviously, humongous. Dead to life. But actually, 
we cannot sidestep this journey of healing. And I want to say I could never do justice to do a full unpacking of a theology of healing in 30 minutes, but I'm going to give it my try to give you three things as a handle and a grid to navigate us forward as a church. Because here's the thing, I think we are entitled to have a learner sign on the back of our cars and sometimes in our lives as Christians. It's okay to say, I'm still learning. Oh, I've been saved for 20 years now, I'm still learning. Oh, but you leave the church. I want to tell you, I'm still learning a lot. You can have a five degrees. You can have theological dissertations. I'm telling you, when we stop learning and we take that learner sign off, there's a master. His name is Jesus. I'm the learner. I'm the delegated authority. I'm the one he calls him to his story and keeps inviting me. But there's a master. I've told the story before. This watch has 600 pieces. It was given to me. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given in this life to me. It's got 600 moving parts that only a master without an instruction guide, takes a part and lays them all out and then puts them back one by one by one. There is a master in relation to healing. I'm not it and so aren't you. And I think we get in dangerous waters when we say, well, this is the position on healing. The most important thing about healing and even understanding anything is who is God? Who is God? What is the essence? We sing about He is good, He is healer. But when actually our child gets sick, do we rush them to a car and take them to Bloberg, Netcare? Do we lay hands on them because God is a healer? That's where it gets real. That's where these things become traction in our lives. And I want to speak on three things this morning. Just our position in terms of regards to healing, our posture, and our prize. So maybe you can take something away to start a journey, to put the learner sign on the back of your car, of your life, and say, actually, I'm okay to learn, but I want to be on a journey, the journey God calls me to. And I want to tell you that I believe our God is unbelievably good. And we sing about reckless love. That didn't stop at the cross. It is accessible now, and God is calling us to a love that is accessible, and He's calling us to a story that changes eternities and destinies and life forever. And there are these struggles that we struggle. We struggle with mystery and unknown. We struggle with that. We're not good with that. We we struggle with when it doesn't end the way we think. And it seems a little out there. We struggle with timing. Five quick things. And this is like a whole seven-part series. Five reasons or sources of sickness. Is that all right? Because I know that's probably one. Where does God make us sick? Is, is it always God? Is, is, it, is, it, is it the world? Is it, is it just, well, five reasons. One, the fall. We inherited brokenness because of the fall. Adam and Eve. It's in the Bible. From that day, there will be pain. There will be suffering from that day. There is a reality of the fall in our lives today, 2,000 years later. And to negate that is to take out the meta-narrative of the gospel of God's redemptive plan that he will fulfill in the end of his days when he returns. And when I believe, by the way, and when the word tells me, there will be no sickness, there will be no pain, there will be none of that in heaven. That's what the Bible tells us. But I aren't in heaven. I art on earth. So I've got to navigate this journey. And I can't take you through all that. But secondly, foolish living. You drink Coca-Cola six days, six liters a day for one year, you are going to have some challenges. Just telling you. I tried. No, I didn't. <laughs> but foolish living, you drive, uh, you, 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 it, 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 it can go many different ways. Even people are obsessed about health. 
So I'm not going to live foolishly. So I'm going to obsess with health. And you throw yourself off the edge of it, blowing a, a whole bunch of stuff in your body because you push it too much. Well, what about actually just other foolish living, like actually making bad decisions and pollution? It affects the health of thousands. So as you zoom out, there are these different impacts at different levels. I can live foolishly and impact my life. It's a simple thing. It's a choice. Actually, number three, Satan. Or say it with some vigor, Satan, as my mates in Durban would say. Yeah, we love. Now we're getting, we're getting a little bit, getting a little bit serious. Can you say that name in church? No, Satan. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to limit or make it smaller. But in Luke 13, there's this encounter, and it says, Jesus says, "Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath from what is bound her?" There is a reality that Satan comes in to take out. Liberties, take out freedoms that he got, and Satan does it. It says actually in Acts 10, so God anointed Jesus of Everth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. So there is this reality and precedent in Scripture that actually Satan or the devil has power in this world and this reality. Now, we know the end of the game and the end of the story, so we can live actually free of that side of the story. But we live in the reality now that actually part of sickness and a source of that pain is the devil. I would say number four is specific sin. Now, not every sin. It's, it's, not every sin has the implication of sickness. But actually, there are specific things. And we see in Psalm 32, David has fallen with Bathsheba. He is anguishing and stressed. And there is this cry out because he is sick. The reality is, sometimes sin causes sickness. And it doesn't look like the sin that we cause. But it's the stress and the, the chaos of our lives that sin produces. I'm not amazed that we have stress-related illnesses. I'm not amazed. Why? Because when I look at the Bible, I see these examples in a king, David, who had to get back on his knees before God and say, God, don't take me from your presence. Remember, these are just sources. I'm not saying they are the definitive reason. And part of it is not sitting here saying, I'm struggling with this. What's my sin? No, I'm just telling you, these are the biblical sources of sickness. And here's the hard one. There is a precedent in the Bible that sickness can be from God. Mark, where do you get that from? Well, well, actually, I would present two different ways. You've got, and, and, and PJ Smart presents it this way, and I found it incredibly helpful. He says, actively instigated by God. What happened in the Exodus? How did God get his people free? Boom, boils. Who loves a good boil on the morning? It's like, thank you, Lord. No, God said, I'm going to set my people free. How am I going to do it? I'm going to send the plagues, plagues and I'm going to send boils. God did that. God instigated actively. He was involved in the redemptive plan on his people. Oh, that's messing with my theology. Please stay with me. Please don't leave. It gets awkward when we do that. No. But there are these moments of God's activity. And, and David, Psalm 119, in your goodness, you have afflicted me with sickness. Who's he talking to? God. Oh, Mark, we're getting in dangerous waters. And no, it's the Bible, guys. The problem with our believing is we don't allow our believing to be fashioned by the Bible. God's calling us. And please understand, I'm preaching this in the context of move the mountains. I want to see healing. If I were to go on my experience alone, I would be schizophrenic. And I'll tell you why. Because I've laid hands on the deaf and they have got their hearing back. And I've laid hands on people with cancer. I've laid hands with people with lupus and they have died. 
on more than one person, I was one of the last people to lay hands on them. Who do I choose to believe? That experience or that experience or what God says about himself? I've got to choose him. And I want to say there's another way where God actively permits sickness to come upon. There's a guy named Job. And if you haven't read his story, it's radical. And, God, and Satan comes to God and says, can I afflict this guy? And, Jesus, and, and God says, yes, but to a point. To a point. See, if you don't have a theology of suffering, and if you don't have a theology that God is unbelievably good, and he is my father of how much more, then we will really struggle with this, because God actually is always doing a bigger story. And we see actually Paul, and he gets a sickness, and, and it says, he says this, the sickness that's afflicting him in 2 Corinthians 12 is a messenger of Satan, and God allows it. Oh, Mark, I really liked it when you were pushing us towards faith. And No, no, I'm not trying to pull you away from them. I'm trying to say we need the Bible to fashion our believing, to pull us into a story. And here's what happens when we don't do that, when we say, actually, it's a, it's a challenge. See, otherwise, if God is not sovereign and in control, then a scripture that is beautiful, a trumpet to my deepest, darkest moments of Romans 8.28, that the God will work all things for the good who love him. If that doesn't trumpet in my soul, it carries on. All good things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's a bigger deal. That I become like Jesus is a big deal. It's a massive deal. That I grow up in my faith to become like him. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. In God, do I believe, Mark, do you believe, are you telling us our position that in God, God will work all things for the good, even sickness, yes, even death, yes. Because if I'm not, I'm schizophrenic, then I do not believe God is in control. I do not believe he is sovereign in the story. Oh, but God, if God is sovereign, Mark, how come your wife has been sick for 18 months? I don't know, and I'm okay with that. Why? Because he's good. He's making me like Jesus. He's making her like Jesus. He's making us like Jesus. He says, You're, you choose to posture yourself in every moment. You choose to remain in Him. You choose to trust Him. You don't have to work it out. And at the end of the story, the greatest thing you're not going to celebrate is why or how or what. What you are going to celebrate is who? My prize is Jesus. My prize is not healing, folks. Jesus healed 10 lepers. Leprosy killed people in those days. Leprosy isolated people. Leprosy put people outside of the camp. And only one came back to say thank you. Healing is not the big deal. And then Jesus says, actually, today you receive salvation. Healing, sozo, salvation. So Mark, what is our position? Well, I believe God is good. And I believe he is kind. And I believe he is the healer. And I believe he wants to heal. And I won't stop believing that because of my experience or my exposure. I will choose to believe what the Bible says about God. I will choose to believe to get on a posture dictated to by the Bible and not by my experience or my exposure. It's got to call us to a bigger story. And I'm not wanting to shoot down faith in the room. I'm just saying, let's have faith with insight. Faith is not, well, I'm just not going to look at what in front. Faith is not, there's giants on the land and, and here's Joshua and Caleb. I'm coming, man. I can take those O's. They are giants, but I can't see them, so it's fine. Just go. 
Guys, we can do this. Follow me. Poof, into a wall. No, this way. See, when we don't go down the road of finding out who God is, it's very hard to really call it faith. And God is calling us to faith. Guys, I've buried some of the people I love most. Had the guts ripped out of me in my early days of ministry as an eight-year-old boy that I spent week after week praying for in hospitals died. As I prayed for him the last time, his head was double the size of his normal head. The guts got ripped out of me, and I've got to go back to God. Who are you? Not who am I, not why, not what. Well, not why did it work for that person? And I've got to go, who are you? Theology is going, God, who are you? Faith, what is faith? Faith is choosing to believe what I cannot see. That's faith. Faith is choosing to believe. I believe in this God. Mark, you are nuts. Yes, I am a little bit nuts. We all know that it's okay. But I'll trust God with my kids and their dreams. And I'll trust Him with their health. And I'll trust Him with my wife's health. And I'll trust Him to conquer cancer again. Thank you. I I like you. God is a healer. And I believe He still wants to heal. And healing is this supernatural act, guys. We were trying to make it down because, yes, there are other ways. God has given us doctors. And if you're a doctor in the room and you go to doctors, God has given them to us. Awesome. And there's a journey that goes in. But actually, we are also a people of faith, including doctors. And so we rise up in faith. But healing, supernatural healing that cannot be explained by this world. You see, why can I trust God with my wife? Because actually, we couldn't fall pregnant and God did a miracle. And I sat with a medical doctor. I told him our diagnosis. And he said, that's not possible. I said, well, but there's the possibility. He's the one destroying that room around the corner. Don't tell me what's not possible with God. I've seen too much. I'm I'm ruined. For a story where I will not believe in the power of the living God who wrote out off that cross and said, actually, by his stripes we are healed. But I'm not going to live insecure when I don't see the healing because my number one thing is God has pulled me into an eternal story. We really struggle with eternity. We really. Are the fun rains here today? They're not here. Let me tell you about a family that have redeemed something for me. We sat in Christian Barnard Hospital many times praying for a daughter who I'd done a wedding two years before with a husband and parents. And I watched a family navigate a road of complete trust in God's healing power and ability. To the point that when she died, I asked Mark, what do you want? He said, can we pray for her to be raised? Maybe you think I'm nuts, but I stood next to her bed and we prayed for 25 minutes. And she wasn't. And then I stood with that same family. I said, let us give glory to God because now this daughter who has suffered pain to lengths we do not know is with Jesus. She's with Jesus. She's not saying, hey guys, why didn't I get healed? She's not shouting that. She's not saying, hey guys, what happened there? Some of you prophesied that I would get healed. She's not saying that. She's going, Jesus. Do you know who that is? And Paul goes, yeah, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And we have to live with that perspective in our souls, and we struggle with it, and I struggle with it. But God calls us to his word and to his story. I've really got to move forward. God reveals himself in Old Testament, Exodus 15, and he calls us as, as, as people are walking, and they don't have water, and he turns this dirty water into drinkable water. 
And this says this amazing things. I will not bring you any, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And God reveals himself throughout the Old Testament. And I don't have time to do all the scriptures. What I'll do, I'll put some up on Facebook this week. But he reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, throughout the Old Testament. And then what happens? Boom! Jesus rides in, and everywhere he goes, he reveals himself as Jesus, Lord our healer. And there is this precedent put in place that Old Testament and New Testament, God pulls us into a story. Oh, Mark, but what about Isaiah 53? What about Isaiah? Because it says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Surely. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Yeah. Amen. I totally believe that scripture. I totally, 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 totally believe that scripture. Does that scripture mean we are automatically physically healed? Is healing only physical? What does the Bible say number one healing is? Spiritual. My brokenness and separation from God is the number one healing, the most important healing, the one that establishes my eternity. And I'm telling you, automatic, done, I believe it. If I start vacillating on that, I'm in major, major trouble. And I will start vacillating on everything God says about himself. Automatic, given. But does that scripture mean that although Jesus and the cross and the victory of the cross gives us general victory on sin and every various evil reality of that, sickness, poverty, whatever it is, does he give us victory? Yes. But is it automatic? Well, it doesn't seem so. Why do I say that? Well, even the apostle Paul who was a faith guy and took theology very seriously, had the sickness. And then his protege, Timothy, even Timothy, he says, hey, Timothy, actually for your illness and your constant illness, you need a little bit of wine. It's okay. I did mention wine. It's okay. It's in the Bible. I'm telling you, God calls us to say, actually, guys, it is Christus Victor, but the automatic dynamic of actually physical healing that I'm telling you, I've, I've heard faith preachers preach, and I want to be a faith preacher but I've never met a 150-year-old faith preacher. I just haven't. They die too. They get glasses too. Their hair falls out too. And I'm not saying they didn't have faith. I'm just telling you we live in the reality of this age. So what are you saying? Well, I'm telling you, above a grid of what the Bible presents around healing, we've got to take the meta-narrative of Scripture, and Jesus comes in for 40 days. He teaches about the kingdom of God. It's what he says in Acts. He's actually, guys, come disciples, come. I I don't want to teach you about this or this or this or your pet thing or sort out that thing in you. I want to tell you about the kingdom of God because it's different to this world. And I want to tell you that actually, and there are multiple scriptures. I don't have time to get everywhere. Jesus says, he walks in Luke 8, says, Jesus traveled from one town to another to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God that is accessible to us now. He's pulling, and he's pulling them into the kingdom of God story. Say, actually, I want to tell you, I'm here. The kingdom of God is here. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. But then there is this other presentation of the kingdom of God. In Revelations, it it speaks about the kingdom of the world has become... I want to jump to another scripture. Oh, too many scriptures. Revelations 12, verse 10. And, and there is this biblical presentation 
that actually the kingdom came with Jesus and we have access to more of heaven in Jesus, but the fullness of the kingdom of God will come back when he returns. Is that all right? What are you saying, Mark? Just understand. See, we need a grid for life. Most of us, when we get married, there's a grid from our parents' examples, from others. There's a grid. And we process life through a grid. We have to process healing through a grid. And Jesus says, actually, I want you to process healing through the grid of kingdom. That's why I come. And for 40 days, I didn't preach about healing. I preached about the, king, preached about the kingdom of God. And he pulls us and he says, actually, in Revelations 12 and their multiple scriptures, says there's the fullness of the kingdom to come. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now, when is now? It's then. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. So what are you saying, Mark? Because Jesus says he's come. Does miracles and the kingdom comes. He says the kingdom has come to you today. That's a miracle. That's a kingdom. Yes. But there is this picture that the kingdom has come, but not in fullness. And it is fully coming in a day when there will be no sickness, in a day there will be no pain. In that day, when Christ returns, there will be none of those things, guys. And our job as believers is to have a posture where we keep pulling heaven into this time, but live with the sanity and the reality that we live between the ages. It's an awkward time to live because God didn't say, I'm going to promise you 100% healing. He said, I'm going to promise you access. And actually, well, Mark, what do you do with the guys who speak about healing? And what do you want to do when it's this kingdom now and you will get healed now? Because some of you have heard that teaching. And so this is a challenge. No, well, I honestly believe God gives. That's why in the nine gifts of the Spirit, he mentions a gift of healing. So if you say everyone has, an, and as long as the believer just hands with faith, you're saying a number of things. One, we don't need the gift of healing. But then why would God say you do? And eagerly desire the gifts. Or what do you do with the scenario? When v Veronica walks up and with faith prays for someone that they don't, get sick, they don't get healed. What do you do with that? No, it doesn't mean she didn't have faith. I've heard that preached, guys. It has brought such condemnation and rubbish to the church. I'm telling you. It has brought condemnation and it has crippled believers in their faith. My faith doesn't determine the outcome. My faith accesses the throne room of heaven. My faith pulls me into a God story. My faith allows me to throw myself into the prize that is Jesus. My faith, you know what? God loves faith. God loves faith. He loves your faith. He loves it. And so he will respond and he will move. And our job is to keep on that place of pushing in. I really am trying to tackle the biggest thing in the world in far too little time. But, but our expectation, as Helette told us when she was here, is God's invitation to break in to the smallness and the brokenness of our world. That's what my faith does. But please, church, God's in control. Oh, Mark, would you preach this next week if your kid died this week? I pray I would. I pray I'd call you even to more faith and more courage to lay hands on the sick. I prayed every night for my boy. Every night I go into their room and I pray. There was a time where Ben started stuttering really badly. I would pray over him. So our position, without doing a million 
theological meanderings is God is good. God is a healer. And God wants to heal. And he wants us to partner in faith. So let me tell you what that leans to is our posture. So if Michael walks in the room and say, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine, you know. Just one of these. Too cool for school. No, who would stand like this? But um, someone with back challenges. I'm going to stand up because that's actually hurting. Our posture in this regard is very important as a church. And what Move the Mountains is doing is shaping not necessarily just our beliefs, but our posture. And here's what I tell you, I want to share with us this morning. Is that we are not of those who shrink back. We trust in God for amazing things. Why? Because what He does is amazing. I've got friends in this room fighting depression. I've got friends in this room fighting challenges. I've got friends in this room fighting healing. Now, I don't pick it up as a cause that it's mine to fix them. I pick up the mandate to worship God, to trust Him, to believe what the Bible says about Him, and to take every bit of access that I have. Understand this, it's little keys that open big doors. And my faith sometimes just a little key that opens a big door. But the Bible says this in Luke 16. Jesus says, The law and the prophets were until John. That was what was important. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached. Not healing, not, not financial breakthrough. The kingdom of God where his order and his peace comes. And everyone forces his way into it. Everyone. He's talking about the allness of the believers of God. Oh, I need a faithful preacher. No, you don't. You need to see Jesus. And understand that you are far more powerful than you know or imagine. And it says his way. There's an intentional pushing. But that word forces is from a word biadzo. Or to force or to crowd your, yourself in. To push yourself in. And understand this. I believe our posture is a call to not be passive in this thing. I think what it is, my theology says God is good. My experience says I laid hands on the sick last week. They didn't get healed. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to shrink back and hold a posture where I believe God is good. But I'm not going to lay hands on the sick again. How do I know? Because I've done it. And it's not where God's called us to be. So our position is God is a healer, God is kind, God is good. God is faithful. He has healed before, he'll heal again. Our posture is really important. And actually we make some steps. And you want to, Mark, what are some steps that we help for? Well, I want to give you some steps. Number one, get to know God. What we often happens is people go on this journey of walking with God, but we don't get to know God and then we get sick. Because why? Because we live in a fallen world and our food we eat is bad and a whole bunch of stuff is not good for us. Sometimes. And our disciplines are bad and all that stuff. And then we go, well, I've got to go on a journey of finding God, the healer. The problem is God didn't reveal himself. Jesus didn't reveal himself primarily as the healer. He said, I'm the savior. And he used signs and wonders to call himself so they could see the father. And he took them on a journey to the father. And he said, I'm going to keep taking you on a journey to the father. But I am a healer and I'm going to do that too. So I want to call us. You want to make a step in the right direction in this regard? Get to know God. Secondly, celebrate healing. And we are going to change some adage. I, I think we can celebrate more salvation. I'm telling you, we want to celebrate healing more. We have testimonies actually here in the last weeks of healing. We want to get better at sharing those. Because I believe part of celebrating something is a desire to see it more. Have faith. Have faith. It's like Mark, that's a simple thing to say. No, have faith. Mishy Jones, have faith. God's called you to a story. Have faith, Stefan. Have faith. 
Lay hands on the sick again. You've read the Bible many times. What does it say? It says, lay hands on the sick and trust God. Be courageous. You stood next to a dead body in a hospital. No one thinks you're cool. No one actually wants to talk to you. They think you're a little weird. But my king walked out of a tomb. My king called dead men out of tombs. He called little girls out of their beds who were dead. He says, actually, I want to put it into my story. Not what this world says. It's going to take courage, guys. Move the mountains. It's going to take courage. And lastly, the dress disappointments. I want to tell you, we need comfort when people don't heal. And in the journey. My wife, there's days when she's really sore. And she needs comfort. Here's the thing. Her husband being a preacher, having laid on the six, that's no comfort. The what is not comfort. The why and answers as to why am I sick. She can spend her life going, why am I sick? Why is this thing stealing? And you may be here and say, why have I been sick for 28 years? That's not the right answer. The answer is who? Our position, God is a healer. Our posture, on the front foot, laying hands on the sick again. Because of who he says he is. And our prize is Jesus. You know what the, the church of 2018 is not good at? A theology of suffering. We're just not good at it. And we've done it on the TLE evangelist. We tell everyone it's going to be great. And Jesus triumphalistic. So he's called you to a triumphaling story. And if you aren't blessed, hashtag blessed. And painted it all over your car. There's a problem with you and your faith. And I would go back to that preacher and tell him, rubbish! Because the Bible speaks throughout the New Testament that there will be suffering and there will be pain. And in suffering and pain and enduring, there will be a revelation of who Jesus is. I'm not trying to shoot you down. I'm trying to tell you, who is God? And Job right at the end, he's gone on this journey of of brokenness and God's allowed Satan to do amazing things. And God says, brace yourself like a man. Why? Because God aren't a man. He's God. But I forget that I'm just man. He says, I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Oh, but why don't you tell me why I'm sick? No, shh, Nick. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? Where were you when I formed you in your mother's womb? Where were you in your wisdom about strategizing your way out? Where were you? Now, where were you? We get too big for ourselves too often, guys. Two Corinthians four. Therefore, we do not lose heart. This is the Apostle Paul. This is Jesus' chosen vessel to write many of the books and use them. He has a pretty good theologian and he's pretty in love with Jesus. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Oh, encouraging Paul. Yet inwardly, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Our prize, fix our eyes on Jesus. Our prize, eternity is coming. Our prize, it's going to be with Jesus. Our prize, he's loved our faith, whether people got healed or not. Mark, you're copping out. You, you can't say, if it's your will. No, Jesus prayed that very prayer. 
But my posture is one of, I'm pushing in. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. We are going to trust God for amazing things. Things this world cannot explain away. I want to trust things where doctors are going, that's amazing. That can only be God. And doctors turn their knees to worship the living God. With those who are broken and bruised, run to the church when no one else had answers. You know why I have a wife? I have a wife because the person who sat next to me in an office said, I'm tired of you phoning doctors who can't sort this stuff out. Come to my life group 20 years ago. 15 years ago said, come, and Ken's like, I don't do this church thing. I know you're a holy roller. I don't do that. She said, and Ken's was so over not having diagnosis. She tried the God thing. You know what the God thing did? The God thing healed her that night, filled her with the Spirit of God, took her on a journey that changed her life forever. And I have a wife tonight because someone who was a graphic designer trusted who God was. And I'm grateful. We need signs and wonders pointing to the prize that is Jesus. Is that okay? I felt like we can't navigate this, move the mountains and in this air without positioning, without posturing, and without the price. Can we close our eyes for a second? I've, as we close our eyes, I'm not going to be rude, but once in eight weeks I preach at Milnerton as well, so I'm going to be going there. But I want to pray now. And actually, I don't want to pray for the sick first. I want to pray for those who believe. Actually, we've lacked faith in this area. Actually, not faith, our posture. Our posture. If you're saying, Mark, it's actually not about faith, it's my posture. I want to reposture myself. The saddest thing for me as a guy who spent most of my life praying to be six foot is seeing six foot guys who wish they were under it because they feel so tall. And I see six foot eight oaks bending over because they're insecure about being tall. I'm going, stand up, sort your posture out, man. God created you. I want to say the same thing this morning. Stand up. God created you. If you want to change your posture this morning around the issue of healing, why don't you stand with me? I'm standing. As God is dealing with us. Please don't feel under any pressure to stand. If you're still working through, that's okay. But this is about the prize that is Jesus, and this is about what he's doing with us as a community. Why don't you lift your hands to him? Jesus, we trust you. We trust you. We trust your word. Above experience, we trust your word above what this world shouts. And we come this morning and we posture ourselves again and afresh. And I pray, reposture us, Jesus. Reposture us in your truth. Reposture us in your promises. Reposture us in your character. Reposture us in your grace. Reposture us above experience and loss. Reposture us this morning, I pray, God. And let faith arise in this room, God. Let courage arise in this room, God. Not because of the passion of a preacher. Please, no. That'll last for about two hours until lunch comes. But preposture us because of who you are. The prize, Jesus, the Lord, the Savior, the one who went to the cross and died so that we can lay hands on the sick and trust you for healing. And hold on to you when there isn't. Because you are good and you are faithful and you are true. Do something with us as a community, I pray, God. Do something with us as a community. While we're standing, if you are sick or you have ailments here, you don't have to tell anyone what it is. Why don't you just keep your hands up or put your hands up, even if you're sitting. So we are a community of faith. Unfortunately, the church lives in a... If I can just get to that guy. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we're a community of faith. And I want those that are standing right now, if your hands aren't raised, won't you look around, reach your hands up, maybe put your hands on their shoulder. We're just going to trust God for healing in this place. Faith is nothing unless it's tested and activated. 
We trust in God for healing now. Say, everyone got someone to pray for them? If not, reach out. Jesus, not because this is the way we finish a meeting, but because of who you are. When we read your stories, it's about this God who touches and sets free, brings life and liberty, God. Right now, God, touch, set free, bring life and liberty now, we pray. Healing in this place, God. Healing in this place because you are our prize. Healing in this place because your word says by your blood we are healed. Healing in this place because as a community we choose to trust you. Healing in this place because you are faithful. Healing God. Healing God. Healing. It doesn't matter what reason there is sickness. It doesn't matter what the reason. It matters who you are God. So we choose to place our trust in you. I pray for the people at the top with back problems and leg problems. Right now God, healing and order. Why God? So that you can get all the glory. Do it now, Spirit of God. You are here. You are with us. You are faithful. You are true. And you are kind. Healed in this place. Just pray for a few seconds. Just keep praying over them.